This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Welcome to the Sports Charlotte Podcast. I'm Herb White, Editor-in-Chief at the Charlotte Post, and I'm talking today with an FOTP, friend of the podcast, friend of the post, whichever designation you want to use there, uh, Donald Ware, who is uh, one of the titans of black college sports media, an advocate, uh, a big-time broadcaster who is now uh, in Charlotte in terms of his programming, at least, is in Charlotte. Uh, he has a syndicated sports uh, talk radio program, Box to Row, which is in its 18th year, and it has recently been added to the lineup at 7.30 The Game ESPN. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Donald, and congratulations. It's uh, It's been a long time coming, but y- you can now be heard in Charlotte. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it has. It's a thanks, uh, thanks, Herb, for having me, man. I know you and I have, haven't done your podcast in quite some time, so I'm happy to be an FOP, no doubt about it. Uh, post or podcast, either way you want to go. Um, but yeah, we, we're excited. I, I think when you're talking about, you know, of course we're based in Raleigh, which is the capital city of North Carolina. But I think when you're talking about uh, about North Carolina, you got to be on in the in the biggest city. And to be on in Charlotte, it, as you mentioned, it had been a long time coming. Something we had uh, been trying to do almost since the inception of this program back in 2005. So, I mean, we're we're thankful to. Um, to the people over at 7:30, the game ESPN, um, and then even to even to you and to into the post. I mean, you guys have really kind of promoted us there in Charlotte, and we've been on your podcast and been in the newspaper. So uh, we're we're just glad to you know Saturdays at 6 a.m. Uh, it's a great start for us. Uh, football season is here, and we're just super excited to be on and finally be on in Charlotte. Now, when you talk about radio and Reach is everything because, you know, without reach, you're really not doing a whole lot. Uh, talk a little bit about what you bring to the Charlotte market and vice versa, what Charlotte does for you. Well, definitely Charlotte for us. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a major sports market and, and more specifically a pro sports market, which is good for us. I think a lot of people know us for our what, and as you, as you mentioned, you know, what we do for HBCU sports. But now we do a lot even outside of HBCU sports. We do a lot of pro sports. I mean, NASCAR is huge in Charlotte. Well, we, we've, I mean, you name some of the top drivers currently on the NASCAR circuit. We've had them uh, as guests on the show. 2020 came to Charlotte as Joe Gibbs was being inducted into the, um, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, had a chance to have a sit-down um, with him. You know, you've got the, the pro sports. We have a good relationship with the Panthers, a good relationship uh, with the Hornets. So we realize it's a uh, it's a pro sports town, but at the same time, you, you have a lot of HBCU grads. You have Johnson C. Smith that's there. You have Livingstone that's in the area um, as well. So you know, for us, it's just it just makes a lot of sense in terms of what um, Charlotte um, means to us, and then vice versa. We're bringing a different kind of sports talk show. Uh, we're bringing HBCU sports to the table. We're bringing big-name guests to the table. I mean, we've had a lot of guests over the years, um, even outside of sports, whether it's a Snoop Dogg or a Kevin Hart or an Ice Cube or, you know, 
Michael B. Jordan. So I, I think you know it's just a it's just a really a good situation uh, for both Box to Row, and we hope will be a good situation uh, for Charlotte in 7:30 the game. Yeah, and so uh, just the the name of a few of the folks who've uh, who've appeared on Box to Row. Oh, Serena Williams, Kevin Durant, Simone Biles, Jerry Rice, Snoop Dogg. Hey, you know, the list goes on and on. So it, it's a bit different, I think, in terms of uh, sports talk and talk period uh, in this market. So it's uh, obviously something that has not really appeared in this type of form uh, before in this market. So it's, it's great stuff. And so Saturdays at 6 o'clock. 6 a.m., you know, it might be a little early, but it's still something that is needed and necessary, uh, not just on terrestrial radio, but you also have a presence on satellite radio as well. So this is, you know, this is not small-time radio by any means of the imagination. Well, I, hey, I, I appreciate you saying that, Herb, uh, and that, it means a lot coming from you. With, I mean, and I don't... I don't listen. I don't. I don't mean this lightly. I, I I mean this because you and I have known each other in excess of 20 years. You you've seen me kind of grow from a, from being in athletic administration to now uh, doing this. So that means a lot to you, particularly in that marketing. Yeah, but it, it, with the Series XM piece, I mean that's 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 a big deal for us. We've got a couple of deals uh, with Series XM. One is a is a direct deal between the parent company, which is DW Communications LLC and Sirius XM to air on its uh, channel, which is channel 84, the, college, the Sirius XM College Sports Channel, formerly known as ESPNU Radio and Sirius XM. And then we also have a third-party deal um, through, um, through actually through Howard University, who operates two channels. One is the HBCU channel, which is channel 142, and then the other is um, Sirius XM channel 141, HUR Voices. And even on that Voices channel, we do that's where we do a lot more with the Entertainment uh, element and having those those entertainers uh, that you mentioned, so to speak. So, you know, we we, we you know being on Sirius is great. Uh, terrestrial is very important. That's how we started for us, and to be on in a community like Charlotte means the world to us. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit of your backstory as an athletics uh, administrator. You know, this is not the traditional path to radio. Uh, so. Uh, how did you get started with that? Was it just an entrepreneurial streak and you see an opportunity and you grow it into what it is today? Or was it a, a more circuitous route or was it straight from this is what I want to do and here I am? Yeah, it, it's a, I, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, I was, I'm a graduate of Morgan State. I was a broadcast journalism was my concentration. And, um, you know, I, I always really enjoyed radio and sports. Like growing up in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, there was a show called Sports Call uh, with Kent Beatrice. But, I mean, I used to listen to that show, but I used to listen to it then, as it was known then, Washington Redskins games and Washington Capitals games and Baltimore Orioles games and um, so on and so forth. Uh, Washington Bullets, uh, now known as the Wizards. And, I mean, I just had this, always had this love for radio and a, and a love for sports. So when, once I graduated, I had done an internship in the Morgan State University Sports Information Office, so that's sort of how I got into athletic administration. Came on as sports information director at A and T. Had no idea what I, not I say no idea, but had very limited idea 
when I was doing kind of grew uh, into that position. Um, from there, went over to um, NC State, North Carolina State, in the media relations office. Um, and that was 2001 during Philip Rivers' sophomore year, so that was really something a lot different. And further, you know, my my journey, if you will, into uh, athletic administration at Shaw University for three years as the assistant athletic director. But I, I always had this itch for for radio and for doing something with HBCU sports. That that was that was the key. And so that's sort of how this started. I mean, I would, you know, we and, and to be honest with you, um, started the company DW Communications um, to start this radio program. In essence, mortgaged my home uh, because at that time we were buying airtime. So our first five, st- or our first six markets were here in Raleigh, Baltimore, where I hosted the show from three of the first four weeks, and then I had another host to do it for about six months. But Raleigh, Baltimore, uh, Birmingham. Atlanta, Greensboro, and Winston-Salem. Uh, and then, man, you know, we, after six months, ran out of money, came back to our home station at WAUG in Raleigh, and then started to build the stations back up, build the show back up to syndication till it, you know, we were on in D.C. and Dallas and Las Vegas and Salt Lake City and all of these markets um, to where we are now, which is, you know, in excess of 30 markets as well as three series XM channels. So it's definitely been a journey. Um, but, yeah, I, I think radio and sports was, was always, like, my first love. Because, you know, as you know, I do a lot of play-by-play stuff as well. Yeah, and obviously North Carolina is very important to this story because you were, your original markets were North Carolina markets. So North Carolina is a very big sports state, uh, obviously. So, you know, it's... You know, that's a story I didn't necessarily know <laughs> until you tell until you told me that. Uh, and in terms of, of of radio, and I know the media landscape has changed a lot since you got started. Uh, the internet has turned everything upside down, torn up a lot of uh, business models, especially for newspapers. But it's had its impact on broad, on broadcasters too. Uh, what is the the landscape now? For radio media, I hear so much about how things have changed with cord cutting and its impact on television, uh, how newspapers lost key advertising uh, points when it came to the Internet and how it has changed those business models. What is radio's landscape these days? I think radio, particularly in the black community, is still very important. I, I think you know, and I think a lot of people try to make a lot about AM radio and its relevancy to the point that uh, a, a car maker, I can't remember it was Ford, but they were going to pull AM radio and then decided not to because AM radio. I mean, my thing is this. It was once upon a time, especially when AM radio was played, where music was played on AM radio. Yeah, that, you don't, that's not the route to go, but AM radio still has relevance. I mean, it's, it's for sports and for talk, although I know a lot has changed in terms of going to the FM. But to be on at 7.30, now even 7.30, ESPN has a translator at 97.5 FM. But radio is still extremely relevant. Um, And for us, I mean, we now have we sort of, have have we navigated some waters and done some things a little bit differently? Yes, we we have a, you know, a visual podcast. We may eventually turn Box to Row into a, a, a television show um, as well, which I've been, I've been saying I'm going to do that for like the last eight or nine years and still haven't really been able to do it and put it together like I want to. But at the end of the day, radio is still relevant. 
and our program, Box to Row, on radio is is still very relevant in even some of the smaller communities. I mean, I hear from people from Orangeburg, South Carolina, all the time um, about how they enjoy the show. People in Jackson, Mississippi, you know, how they enjoy the show. So even in smaller markets, a program like this on radio is still very relevant even today. And you talked a little bit about uh, play-by-play, uh, and you're a radio guy at heart, obviously. Uh, you have duties uh, starting in the next week or two uh, over at North Carolina A&T. So i got to ask you about the Aggies, and especially in a market like Charlotte. You can't throw a rock without landing on an Aggie somewhere. Uh, talk a little bit about A&T football and the transition to another conference as starting the football season and you as the play-by-play guy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, you're, you're talking about A&T being in the CAA, which is, of course, CAA was Colonial Athletic Association. Now it's Coastal Athletic Association, which I think is appropriate uh, in terms of the, ge- the ge- geography of the respective schools. You know, I, I think a lot of people think that this may be a bit of a struggle for A&T. You're talking about really the uh, three conferences in the last uh, three years. I, I don't know if I look at it that way and try to be as unbiased as possible. Yes, the season starts next Thursday um, against uh, UAB, which is tough because you're playing up. Um, but but I think it's a solid schedule because even, you know, you've got the out-of-conference games in terms of North Carolina Central, in terms of Norfolk State, you know, those are, are definitely winnable ball games, uh, even Hampton. But even inside the conference, because week in and week out, when you talk about the CAA, you, you're talking about anywhere from five to seven teams that are going to be ranked in the FCS. The more fortunate thing, I think, especially first year for an A&T, you don't have William, a, a team like William & Mary on the schedule, which is number four. By the way, Vincent Brown, the new head coach, was the associate head coach at William & Mary the past four years. Speaking of Vincent Brown, uh, former you know HBCU player, uh, Mississippi Valley State three-time All-Pro in the National Football League, uh, Bill Parcells' disciple. He knows the conference, so I think you know I think this I, I think A&T can have a solid year this year. Got some solid players coming back. Do you lose your two best players? Yeah, but they have three quarterbacks that at least started one football game last year. That's a bonus. They brought some guys in. They've got I think a foundation for a solid defense. Still some good uh, weapons wide receiver-wise. And then even at the running back position, you, you, you got some depth there. So I think a is going to have a pretty solid year in 2023. And with A&T's move to the CAA, you know, the, and I guess this has been a discussion that's been going on uh, in the HBCU uh, community for quite some time. You know, does that kind of take some of that spotlight off A&T? Because before they moved to the Big South a couple of years ago, you know, they were – Sort of like the kings of black college football, a uh, bunch of national championships, uh, did really well in the Celebration Bowl. They dominated that. Uh, and now for them to not only leave the MEAC, but, you know, is it sort of like a Tennessee State where out of sight, out of mind? It, it's there, but, you know, does A&T, you know, still have that juice to where it doesn't fall off the HBCU map? You know, you know, Herb. I think that's a very fair point because I, I looked at it. I look at it uh, before, 
before A&T left, I looked at Tennessee State the exact same way. Hampton, when it left, I looked at Hampton the exact same way. And then even if you look at the Division II level, you know, a West Virginia State or, you know, a Lincoln of Missouri that are not. So in other words, if you're not part of the SWAC, CIAA, SIAC, or MEAC, you do tend to get lost in the shuffle. But what I think, so that that's fair inside of the HBCU world. That said, I think when you look at A&T, and especially if it can have some success, it brings awareness outside of the HBCU world to what is going on at HBCUs, uh, much like Tennessee State, when it was good, uh, was able to do. So I think A&T can have that same effect. I think it ultimately will. We'll see what happens uh, year one. I think their A&T will have some success. Um, but we are – see, but the thing is, we're talking about – Football, But see, last year, basketball-wise, in both men's and women's basketball, particularly in women's basketball, A&T had some success in the CAA. So I, I think that, yes, out of sight, out of mind a bit, a little bit, although I, I, for A&T, it's not that way because the, the Aggie Nation, number one, is, is just it's a rabid fan base. Number two, all of the success that A&T has had, particularly in football, it can't be that way. But again, A&T uh, can elevate HBCUs outside of the HBCU world because it's not part of the SWAC, the ICIAA, or SIAC. So it, in football, at least, it could be sort of like a Jackson State the previous two years uh, where it brought attention to black colleges regardless of what level it is. win big. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but even at that, uh, let's bring it back around to your organization and what you're doing in terms of you've got Charlotte added to your markets. You're in over 30 of them now. What's going to be next? And I know you talked about television perhaps or maybe even something else in the digital space. Uh, What else are you cooking? Or would like to cook. Yeah, well, you know, it's been a being on in New York, L.A., Chicago, Chicago uh, Herb would be absolutely ideal. That those are tough, very tough markets, obviously to crack. I, you know, we we had an we were on in New York in in um, maybe 2006, but it was it was not really the city. Like there was a radio station, it sort of was fringe on the city, but. Not really, you know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, we, you know, we're looking to be on as many markets as possible. And it doesn't just have to be New York, LA, and Chicago. It just so happens that those are the three largest markets. But we'd love to be able to be on in those markets. You know, one of the things we really like to do is partnerships. You know, we've tried partnerships with various, you know, whether it's been ESPN Radio or Fox Radio, or even when NBC Sports Radio was around and CBS. And those just haven't come to fruition, which is okay. 
you know, that doesn't stop what we're doing. We feel like we have a product that is, uh, you know, is capable of being on any of those networks, but for whatever reason that hasn't happened, that's fine. It's up to us to make it so that uh, we do it ourselves in terms of being on in those bigger markets that I named. Again, we were on in a Dallas. It'd be nice to be back on in Dallas, San Francisco, you know, some of these markets. But, yeah, TV is uh, something I'm looking at. But from a radio standpoint, if we can be on in some of the larger markets, we'd love to do that. But as many people as we can shine the light uh, on to Box to Row and HBCU Sports in whatever market, that's that's really what we're always striving to do. Very good. So there you have it, folks. Donald Ware, who is the founder, CEO of DW Communications, it's based in Raleigh. He's a North Carolina guy through and through, even though he grew up in Maryland and went to Morgan State. But North Carolina is obviously very important to him and vice versa. Uh, Donald, thanks for everything. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It has been a while. And, uh, you know, again, you know, give our listeners an opportunity to connect with you, not only in the radio space, but on the digital space. Yeah, so it, people can check out the uh, the website is boxtorow.com. Um, also, I mentioned we have actually heard of another project called Radio Boss, which is, uh, you know, which I mentioned was the, which the HUR Voices piece. It's under the auspices of, of Boxtorow. That's more of our, you know, where we have entertainers as guests. So you can check that, check us out there at radio-boss.com, radio-boss.com. We can be followed uh, on Twitter and Instagram at boxtorow. Um, as well, and uh, my personal uh, Instagram account is Ware Donald W A R E D O N A L. Now, my personal Twitter account is at Dware One, but I, I I can't seem to be able to log into it. I can't get anybody at Twitter to help me with it. So we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But that's how people can reach us. And Herb, hey, listen, man, I appreciate our friendship. You uh, you you watch, you, you've seen me. You've been doing this a long time and seen how this thing has grown and. You know, known you for uh, what maybe tw- almost 25 years now. So I appreciate you and, um, and continued success to you. What you're doing with the Charlotte Post it is much needed, very much needed. Black newspapers are very much needed uh, nationally, and what you do in the Charlotte market is very much needed, and and throughout North Carolina for that matter is very much needed. So I appreciate you as well. Well, thank you so much, my friend. And that was unsolicited. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, and so. To uh, connect with us, obviously, all you have to do is go to the charlottepost.com, Instagram, Twitter, oh, sorry, X, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. And the podcast can be located on the charlottepost.com as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the usual suspects. So for everybody at the office, I am Herb White with Donald Ware. Thanks for listening. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.